Get ready to quit the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno and Nick. What it do? Welcome to the QTB podcast. We're so glad you could join us. My name is Bruno, and with me, as always, is my childhood friend and co-host, Nick Bulk Vanderhuge. How you doing, buddy? That's my wrestling name. How did you know that? <laughs> well, I did follow your career back in the day. I know you did some, um, did some different types of wrestling. You know, there was like the the Jello wrestling. And oh yeah, the Jello pudding wrestling, and mm-hmm. and then there was um, I got all, all oiled like, up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all oiled up. <laughs> it was, you know, I tell you, and if it, it, it wasn't for those your luchador days, yeah. I think you really could have. You know, made something, but the luchador like Spanish wrestling arena is just—it's too much. It's too much for any man. Once they told me I couldn't use a Power Rangers helmet as a mask, I said, "I'm out. I'm done." You know, yep, you don't—you don't, you. You don't get me doing fantastic. <laughs> Another exciting episode. By the way, I got to give a quick shout out. There was one person that just barely made the cutoff for my shout outs yesterday, and that is the Beard Al podcast. B and that's B E E R D. Beard Al. They talk about beer and Uh, Weird Al. What a genius name for a podcast. I had to get him in there. Beard Al, what's going on? (laughs) I love it. Beard Al. Yeah. Oh, man. We're so glad you guys could join us for another fantastic episode. I know we've got some amazing gaming news in store, but before we get started, today's podcast was sponsored in part by Pearson Unlimited. For marketing media that works and bespoke design to power your business, visit PearsonLimited.com. And Nick... Pearson Limited is actually helping us with our monthly giving away, giveaway. We're doing a gaming merch giveaway sponsored by Pearson Limited and their Pop Art Vault specific gaming merch. Yep. And basically what we're going to be doing is giving away uh, this sweet gaming merch pack every month to one of our lucky listeners who writes us a review on Apple Podcasts. Now, we really want you guys to uh, listen to the episodes and uh, write us a a genuine review you can even put genuine genuine review in the title just like uh we had from one of our other reviewers who decided to quote me and i love that these are actual words please these are actual words you can put that in (laughs) the review i'd love to see it so Thank you so much for all who have submitted a review. Uh, You are helping us. um, And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. Uh, But without further ado, let's light this candle, Nick. What do we have in store for the people? What an action-packed episode, man. The news breaks just keep on coming, and we're going to get to uh, as many as we can. The big stories, later on today, we're going to be talking about of course, the uh, the Square Enix Presents presentation that we had been talking about before. Uh, mostly things that we were expecting, but a couple surprises in there. So we'll go over kind of our, our take on each of those announcements. And also... Yeah. We have a story that is a little strange, but about these these beetles that were discovered in Australia and were named after Pokemon. And we're going to ask the question: When is it too far, Bruno? When is it too far to just be naming Whoa. stuff after Pokemon? Well, we'll we'll get into it. And okay. also, 
we got the uh, interview in a bonus round with some some hilarious guys from the What's Your Spaghetti Policy podcast. They're kind of an anything goes podcast. They do talk about gaming from time to time, but uh, we're we're they're friends of the show and, and we're, we're we're mutually big fans. So we wanted to have them on. We'll have them on a little bit later for that interview. But the first big story, and this is kind of a one two punch from Sony Bruno. We've been Ooh, talking about got? how you know Sony really needed to get something in the news to take the story yeah. off of Xbox and all of these acquisitions and all these Game Pass editions um, because they just they they kind of fell by the wayside and they did exactly that. So kind of the one two punch came in the form of them buying Evo, which is the the game fighting tournament, right? And yeah. also, oh, I know. Yeah. yeah, releasing this huge slew of about 10 free games, or at least will be releasing them from now until uh, about uh, like April to May is when you'll get uh, everything. So, but I guess the first part of that story is is them buying Evo. So yeah. Sony goes and, and Sony Interactive Entertainment, and there's this esports uh, venture company uh, from Endeavor, uh, RTS. They have, they've acquired the assets and properties of the Evo series. This is from IGN. Um, and what, what this effectively means is that any Evo events that we have in the future are effectively going to be Sony PlayStation events that are in partnership oh. with RTS. Um, and now it doesn't seem like it's going to be, at least for now, functionally changing any of the major components of Evo. You know, you're not going to see it be like a PlayStation exclusive, like only PlayStation games. or You can only play on PlayStation consoles. Um, As far as we can see, even Nintendo is still going to be in the mix with like Smash Brothers has always been a staple of Evo. Oh, nice. Um, But uh, so, yeah, they also took the time to announce, uh, you know, this year's Evo event. August 6th through 8th and 13th through 15th. And we'll include all, all of the hits, right? Tekken, Street Fighter, yeah. Mortal Kombat, Guilty Gear, um, and, and others as well. What's your take on this acquisition? Well, I think it's safe to say that Street Fighter or Street Fight the Street Fighter series in general will probably remain in PlayStation's hands. Um, it was a console exclusive for PlayStation 4, which was pretty disappointing for somebody who likes the street fighter street fighter series and would love to play that on xbox but it doesn't look like that's going to be happening anytime soon especially with this uh type of type of news but i, I mean first of all evo is just amazing yeah. like there have been so many iconic moments um from evo that have really cemented esports as a genre and ign did this really interesting video it was like last week it was the anniversary of the Evo 37 moment. Do you remember this, Nick? You showed me that. And honestly, I had not, I've never been big into the competitive fighting scene. So this was, this was a very educational for me. I had never seen it before. And even all of these years later, it still hit the same way of just like, I didn't need to know the, com- the complexity of the game to understand why what I just saw was legendary. And what Bruno's yeah. talking about is, yeah, there was this moment, and this was back before, you know, when people were still playing on CRTVs, and oh, yeah. there wasn't enough of an online community to really know who the big players were. You knew names, but you didn't, you, you mm-hmm. couldn't, lot. you see someone live streamed and pick apart their gameplay, you know, maybe you square up against them at your local arcade or see them at a tournament, but you didn't have a whole lot of info to go off of. And this guy that no one had really heard of, you know, he, he managed to do something almost impossible, which is in uh, Street Fighter uh, Third Strike. They have this system where you can parry attacks if you hit the you know the yep. block button right you know right before it. and a lot of fighting games have adopted that. But um, Chun Li's super ability is like this like seventeen hit combo of just this yep. flurry of kicks that ends in this like uppercut attack. And in order to parry it properly, you've got to put in the sequence of perfect button presses that everyone thought was impossible. And this guy had no health, so if he if he were to block the attack, he would have died from chip damage. 
So his only option <laughs> was to parry the sequence of events. And you're right, Bruno. It was it was incredible to watch. Yeah, we're definitely going to put this on the website, quitthebuild.com, um, with a, a flurry of other topics. I mean, we've got a really robust blog section with amazing um, contributions from different uh, QTB members. But this one in particular is just really special because I feel like a lot of times when you're watching a fighting game, you don't get the sense that it's something that could really happen. And this was the first time that it almost looked like an animated sequence. It looks like something that they would take and turn into a trailer. That's how iconic this system yep. was. He literally was one shot. You know, yep. all your buddies are screaming one shot. He was one shot. And he does these flurries of blocks and attacks with his arms and jumping that this this entire sequence was the most perfect sequence of movement in a fighting game that I've ever seen. It, it transformed the game and essentially made it look realistic. I, I thought I was actually watching a martial arts movie with these blocks and this finishing attack. Yeah. I, I tried to so listen. I tried to show my wife and tried to like get the same reaction out of her. And I'm just staring there like with my <laughs> mouth open, like looking at her, like, yeah. are you seeing this? Are you yeah. seeing what I'm seeing? And she's just like, yeah, I don't really get it. And I'm like, I, I got to talk to Nick. <laughs> you got to talk to Nick. It's tough, man, because, you know, and that's the problem that I think Eva was having in those days. And that documentary kind of covered it is that, you know, people weren't all that interested in it. You know, they were meeting in like hotels yeah. and, you know, it was it was very, <laughs> you know, put, it was shoddily put together. But a lot of a lot of early gaming expos and like if you go way back with E3, you know, that's kind of what you got. So, you know, it's it's very cool because that moment largely is accredited to giving legitimacy to Evo because it was something where oh, yeah. people were people were talking about that who didn't normally talk about it and you need that kind of press, you know, in an era where things don't go viral exactly. You know, there wasn't yeah. a, a YouTube or anything like that that people could 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 witness something like this. So, yeah, it, it's a great thing. Sony needed something to really get themselves in the news and while it's not a major studio like Bethesda, it's a very cool thing, and I know personally that I, I tend to associate fighting games with Sony, and we talked about this with uh, oh, yeah. with, with Alex and Jacob in our, in our bonus round interview yeah. because um, um, you know they, Alex in particular is a big uh, – is a fighting game guy, Mortal Kombat especially, and so he kind of had some expertise mm -hmm. on that, and I, I, I agree with his take is that Sony's kind of where it's yeah. been at. With, with the fighting game scene. But, yep. you know, it, it's it's a very cool idea, um, and I think that it's great that they can get their branding on on that event, and they can further kind of immerse themselves in the genre that's working for them right now. Um, it, it's, a, it's a great yeah. move. But that wasn't all, because also they released this huge amount of games. So they have that, that Sony play-at-home initiative where they're like, hey, we're going to give out free games, kind of a pandemic thing as a way of, of, of saying thank you to our, 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 our players. And initially, it was like a game here, game there. I think there was like a Jack and Daxter game that they released for free. Um, or it was a Ratchet & Clank. It was a Ratchet & Clank game. Mm, gotcha. And, you know, we knew that new games were coming. And I think I think you hit the nail on the head with this, Bruno. You talked about this in, in the previous episode about, like, what Sony needs to do to get back on the map. And you were talking about the free games and, like, you know, they need to... Yeah. 
yeah. they, need, they need to match the generosity of of, yep. of Xbox and, and 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 Microsoft, and that's exactly what they're doing. So they're going to be releasing ten games over the coming months. Now, to be fair, a large number of these are only going to be playable if you have access to PSVR. About half of the games on the list were PSVR games, but nonetheless, mm. I mean, some of these games are AAA yeah. titles, including Horizon Zero Dawn, the complete edition, which is definitely a staple yeah. of the PlayStation exclusive library. Um, right. you know, I might actually dust off my PlayStation four for that and, yeah. and try like try my hand at it because, you know, we've talked about this before about like, do we really want to spend $60 to, you know, for this PS plus, if we're not wanted or, uh, Xbox live, whatever it may be just to get these certain free games. So to give players the option to play these games for free, just to get you on PlayStation. That's what I'm talking about. Like, that's how you win me over. That's how you get me to dust off the console <laughs> because I've always wanted to play horizon zero dawn and to haven't really felt like, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to spend, spend the money on it right now, especially with a different console, but, free is a tune and um you know a price that anyone can really sing along to and afford so yeah. i'm down for it yeah and free actually means free there's no strings attached it's not yep. like a ps plus or games with gold on xbox where you need yeah. to be a subscriber to their service to get yep. access you can have no as long as you have you can download the game you have an internet connection um you're going to have access to this this library of games so yeah you know hey a hey, great move from sony um it, it, i I, yeah. I suspect they weren't planning to give away as many games as they did but they they probably got together and as you know we're big influencers now i'm telling you you're li- you're listening to uh honduras's number one <laughs> podcast right here for a week and there's no other influential person out there they they flock i mean we single-handedly yep. our podcast single-handedly yep propelled valheim yes to greater millions. heights yeah. yes greater heights mil- I mean, we're talking week after week million after million that was us and you don't have that to you don't, have to, you don't have to pay us you know that was that was a freebie no, guys we don't you're welcome. We, we'll do it for free you're welcome, you're welcome. <laughs> yep I, I would i would gladly do it again so yeah. and i'm sure we will have more influence in the coming weeks and because let's be honest the game the gaming news never never stops never stops speaking of never stops what we got next? <laughs> well, I thought I was I was waiting for the transition. I thought you had I thought you had it ready to go. But no, and you're right. We can't stop because we got a lot to cover today. So, um, yeah, the, the next big story, of course, is Square Enix presents. So we had a a list of you know the big things that we were going to expect, like the new Life is Strange title, among other things. But there was a couple surprises, and in my opinion, a, a couple disappointments. I think the big thing. That we 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 knew from the list they gave probably wasn't going to be on the docket for this presentation was Final Fantasy 16, so it's it, yeah. it, it just looks like that's going to be kind of in limbo for a while. I've seen some cover art and some screenshots here and there, but I don't think we really know a whole lot about the game and, and the direction that it's going to go in. So I think it's going to be another year of just kind of waiting. If you're a big Final Fantasy fan, um, now there are some things to look forward to with the Final Fantasy VII remake. Of course, that that extra DLC um, chapter in addition to some of the mobile titles that are going to be coming out as well if that's your jam but yeah let's just go right down the list bruno so the first big thing that we had 
is this game called Forspoken. Now, this was formerly called Project Athia. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, it hadn't mm, been actually named. Yeah, Athia, there you go, until this this presentation. So what we basically know about the game is that you take the the, the role of this character named Frey Hollins. Um, I think she's motion captured, and that, that, uh, that, that reveal had the actress that plays the character. Um, and it's just about like a, an ordinary woman from like modern times that gets thrust into this beautiful you know, open world, you know, somewhere in the past, or there's something unknown that, you know, she has to figure out while she's in this space. And sounds like an eighties movie, like basically, you know, where she gets a makeover and she's, she learns a lot about herself along the way and gains magic you know, powers. It makes her stronger yeah. and yeah, wiser. And she becomes, well, like, let's see. So if it, I mean, if it's an eighties movie, she has to fall in love. Yes. But because it's coming out now, she's probably just going to learn that she don't need no man. She can just be a strong woman herself. That's right. So let's do it. Like, pfft. I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that's that's kind of the direction it's gone right which is good i i think it it looks interesting so it's set for a 2022 release um and this is a brand new ip from square enix which is good we like to see that um they you know they've worked with other ips like avengers but they've definitely been comfortable in just working within you know the, the series uh titles that they've that you know and love from them like final fantasy so it's, it's it's cool to see something fresh um the gameplay looks interesting i you know these days my thing is just when it comes to open world action oriented games it takes a lot for me to be like, man, I really, that's something that I haven't seen before because it's, it's, it's so hard to demonstrate something that hasn't been done a million times before, but this game visually looks very impressive. I loved that the flow of movement of the character, it looks like kind of dashes and high speed movement, um, will be yep. a very much a big component of the game. Um, so I, I'm definitely going to wait for more details on that. The verdict is out as far as I'm concerned, but I, I think it's going to be uh, pretty interesting to see how that that plays out. What was your impression? I mean, like I said, I I'm I'm always looking for a new IP, and I think we're start finally starting to come around to this point where you know these companies and developers and publishers are realizing like gaming has been kind of stale for the past couple of years. We've just reiterated the same thing: Battlefield, Call of Duty, you know, the same stuff over and over again so it's nice to see new ips out there and it's also nice to see them kind of backing some of the ips and games that they initially brought out like avengers speaking of which oh boy yeah that's our that's our next one so i mean it's clear that they're trying to take the sea of thieves path right with ongoing updates and maybe continued releases that this isn't something that's just going to go away tomorrow. It's obviously they've invested a lot in the, the licensing for, for Marvel, um, from Marvel and, and the Avengers in general. So what, what about this Avengers deal? What do we got going on with this? So we know about the announcement of the first expansion and none of this is really new information. I want to make that clear is that, um, the black Panther war for Wakanda, uh, expansion, of course, is going to release Black Panther as a playable character. Um, set to release, I think, later this year, like towards the end of this year, which is a very long time to wait if, you, if you've been someone yeah. that really wants to see these big content updates. Now, of course, um, Hawkeye, uh, Kate Bishop are in play and the the campaign around that. And they did show a roadmap that shows like, hey, we're going to have these these you know updates with new sectors and villains and, and, and things that you can do event-wise. But 
man, it's, you know, that that reveal trailer for Black Panther was so underwhelming, and you can tell that they just don't yeah. have anything ready to show, and that makes it really difficult to see this and be like, okay, these are things that we knew about, like, six months ago that were coming. Yeah. You didn't show us anything that's like, oh, this gets us hyped again for the game. It's just like, oh, uh, you know, here are the things that you already knew well, that w- w- was, was going to arrive at some point. Um, having an actual physical roadmap is nice, but n- especially with the whole Spider-Man debacle, I wouldn't hold them to it, not for a, a second. Yeah. Especially seeing what happened with <laughs> yeah, Anthem exactly. and knowing that the moment that that the the money starts drying up for this, you know, there's the, yeah. you, you you can you can make all the promises that you want, um, but but the gamers are a lot savvier than they used to be, and they don't they don't buy into those those empty words anymore. So there's still a lot of proving yeah. to do um, because we just did, we just haven't seen anything, and it was a whole lot of nothing. Um, with this with yeah. this big reveal but you know i think i think we've beaten marvel's adventures into the crown <laughs> well you know more than the hulk smashes uh smashes things into in, in, into the into the earth but I, it, it's it's just crazy he's already dead leave him alone <laughs> <laughs> the big thing that we knew was going to be announced and was kind of the the centerpiece of this announcement is the new life is strange game true colors oh boy and there are a lot of people that love life is strange yeah. i and I, yeah. i'll say there's this. a lot of yeah. angsty teenage girls out there yes. Nick. i don't know what you're talking about yes yes like. yes <laughs> if you are if you are the kind of person that likes drama you know that likes that type of story where it's more about the story being told and less about the the gameplay and the mechanics and the gameplay loop you know life is strange is probably something that you have experienced at, at some point um, in your in your gaming career but the cool thing about this yeah. i think is that this is a new life is strange game and they're moving away from the episodic content that they used to do, you know, with, with the first game. And I think that uh, that prequel game that they released as well, where you would get like chapter one and chapter two and you you play these little chunks. And it was very much this on rails experience. Yeah. It sounds like and we yeah. don't really have confirmation on this, but there's a lot of speculation based on the info that we got that this is going to be a little more of a quasi open world where you'll, you're you not going to be able to do whatever you want, but you can at least decide where to go next and move around the game world in a way that you couldn't quite do so before just like a teenager yeah you can't go wherever you yeah. want but you can go you can kind of just mingle about sneak, town sneak out the window <laughs> at night right yeah but uh so the, yeah. the, the game follows a character named alex chen who has the power of uh, psychic empathy of course that's always a big draw of life is strange is that the okay. protagonist has some kind of power so she has yes she has the power of heart from captain planet yeah i mean okay so i dated a girl who thought she had psychic empathy but she was just bipolar and <laughs> I listen, she, you know, I, I, the whole, I mean, it's, they really went heavy into the, the trailer, the trailer is something to watch. Um, but it definitely looked like a hot topic girls Hallmark movie fantasy. I mean, they're out there in this like little Western town. It's like this cool retrofitted Western town with a bunch of like hipster teenagers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've I've driven across the country, mm-hmm. Nick, and yes, I have come across some small, quaint towns. But I can tell you one thing: they weren't full of angsty hipster teenagers. That's well, it's for plot sure. Convenience. I'm, and then the, the yeah. listen, listen, and then it says right in the middle of the trailer: use the power of emotion. So she can sense when someone's yeah. pissed, and if they get too pissed, she gets she pissed. gets pissed too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm. It sounds like a Chumba Wumba song, to be honest. I 
don't know. It, just, it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like she's actually have any powers. Yeah. It's like so you can understand when other people are having emotions. That's called not being autistic. Congratulations. Yeah. Like I, don't I you know, know it, it's it, it's a weird take on the powers because I know I think in the what in the first life is strange. Her power was she could rewind time, so you could like you could go down a certain path and and try and do something a certain way, and then when you're like ah, I'm not cool with that you can you can back up and then try it again yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that that makes more sense to me as a mechanic but i guess they didn't you know this is a new protagonist so they you know didn't want to have the same the yeah. same power carry over i don't know i, I mean I, i'll be i'll be straight with you this is not a game i'm gonna play but like i said a lot of people are hyped about it and it's a big enough ip for square enix that they said like this is going to kind of showcase be a, set, a centerpiece <laughs> we're going to continue doing it <laughs> you know i think it's one of those things that it's much better to watch someone else play like on a live stream than it might be to actually play yourself mm-hmm. because there are so many cringe and cheesy things that happened and happens like in life is strange that it's just one of those things that you're going to make fun of it at some yeah. point and it's much better in a huge setting to uh to just stream it so i think streaming has kept life is strange alive but i might be wrong maybe i'm wrong maybe that's just what where video games are moving towards you know we've talked about this before about how games are starting to change into cinematic interactive movies so to speak and that crossover of is this a movie is this an interactive game what am i playing here is definitely brought forth with things like Life is Strange, where it's more drama, um, drama oriented. So it'll be interesting to see how it's received. And like I said, I can't wait for the clips because, you know, I this is at the by the end of the trailer, I was thinking, yeah, this isn't psychic empathy. This is just being bipolar. That's just <laughs> what being bipolar is. <laughs> if I if you get too mad, I get mad. So, I mean, that's kind of how it works, right? Yeah, but it, you know, it, it's it's yeah. well, well, we'll see how how it plays out. But like I said, I do like that it's not going to be episodic content. When you have the game um, from day one, you'll have access to the entire game. The game will be like broken up into chapters, but you have the entire game from the start. Also, I like that it's going to be a fully motion cap. Um, for the first time in the series and that's yeah. always cool like with games like jedi fallen order uh, it, it's it's very cool because it, it adds it definitely adds a level of getting over that uncanny valley where you have a better time empathizing you know no pun intended with the characters um <laughs> as you go through the story if, if they if they feel real and you can see the actor's emotion and, and attempts to really get behind their characters so um, you know, it's like I said, it's it's a very big franchise, and uh, for the people that are looking forward to it, I, I think you're you're in for a treat if that's your jam. Um, so nice. yeah, and also we have the Outriders deep dive. We didn't really get a whole lot of extra information from this. It was just more of a here's some more gameplay, here's some information about how the classes play out. We got like a more of a preview yeah. into the skill trees. If you saw, yep. if you got to play the demo, you didn't really get anything out of that that you didn't already have. So I feel like we can kind of just zoom on through that because there's also some very interesting things coming out of the Tomb Raider 25th anniversary. So here's what we got. We got it in Fortnite. So we now did, it's, yeah. they decide we might as well actually make an actual yeah. game. <laughs> and in the creative mode, not just the skin, but in the creative mode, you get access to uh, Croft Manor. Is going to be a location that you can visit in, in Fortnite. So that's very cool if you're a fan of, uh, oh, wow. of Lara. Check out that's Lara Croft's cool. house. Um, but also... 
So the the big announcement for the 25th anniversary is the Tomb Raider Definitive Survivor Trilogy. You know, this is following in the footstep of a lot of other games right now, like Ninja Gaiden and others, where like, hey, let's jam all our games into one package. So you get the three, you know, new next-gen-ish, or rather not next-gen-ish, but um, the ones that started with with Square Enix when they kind of rebooted the franchise um, of Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, um, all of which are very good games in their own right. I was just playing through the the first Tomb Raider um, of that series and really enjoying it. I got a good I got a good deal on it. Didn't get too far, but I definitely was digging the vibes of it. Like you've said, it's it's more along the lines of Uncharted than it is like a true yeah. Tomb Raider experience. But it's still as far as storytelling and the tension and the narrative of it, I'm into yeah. it. And so the great thing about this, Bruno, is. Uh, for whatever reason, right now on Xbox, you can pick this up for twenty bucks U.S. dollars for three wow. really good games. It, the full price is normally fifty dollars, and I don't think this sale is on is on PlayStation. Um, so if you're a, if you're a fan or have been thinking about picking these games up, and you're on Xbox, you might not get a better deal. So you heard it, you heard it here yeah, first, really, yeah. A, um, and also, a Tomb Raider cookbook is coming out for some reason. <laughs> oh, you know, survival, getting out there, the Survivor Man, naked and afraid, yeah. and. All those things. I mean, that's, you know, it's why not? There's a Bob's Burgers cookbook, so <laughs> why not have a Tomb Raider cookbook? Well, I mean, now I guess is is there a Legend of Zelda cookbook? Because that's where, that's what we really there, want. You know, the cook, that there's the whole thing of like, uh, was it uh, Rosa, R- R- Rosanna Pansino? Um, she does the Nerdy Nummies um, show. She's like, she's a very big mm. chef on YouTube and like, she's got her own show as well. And my wife got her cookbook of like all these different, you know, like generic, like uh, geek themed cooking things. She's very good at what she does, um, but she has episodes where she'll do like those specific like things that are like Zelda themed or Mario themed and the stuff looks delicious. But it's very much it's very much a thing <laughs> of, of fusing like nerd culture and geek culture and cooking into one thing. Oh, yeah. right? So it's not that surprising, but. Uh, it's an interesting uh, thing oh, to mention. I think that uh, Tomb Raider is uh, a staple in in basically creating these survivor survivor puzzle games, and to see it released and to have a definitive edition is is just great to get people on board. And as you look at some of these old titles, Nick, especially on the Game Pass, and you're like, oh, you know, what, what I might I might download this. Some of these things are like 10, 12 gigs. Yeah. And you're like, that is nothing. That is nothing. Especially when I'm downloading like 94 gigs or 150 for something like Call of Duty. This seems like a no-brainer to just slap three of them in a in a <laughs> single package and be like, here yeah. you go. This is 30 gigs worth of content. Like, you know, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's it's always better to have a central location where you can play an experience that's why i think something like the master chief collection is such an awesome idea to be able to go on and say i'm gonna play all throughout uh halo and be able to play all the different multiplayer games um my only beef with master chief collection was that it didn't launch it had the worst oh, launch in like gaming yeah. history so <laughs> all the games were there i mean and, other oh, than I that, that. Oh, well, Nick, the problem was when you've got when you've got matchmaking that splits up the teams five and three instead of four and four. I, I can't Why help you. I'm like, wait a minute, you can't even split teams yeah. evenly. Like, you three versus us five. What? <laughs> this isn't fair. Oh man. 
But um, yeah, so that, that's that. That was the big story for Tomb Raider, and you know there was kind of a you get a missile. What I'm I'm saying is miscellaneous, but I'm going to say this, Bruno. We had our our QTB community poll on Twitter. One of the perks of following us on Twitter, we do a community polls usually once a week for our weekend show. And if you get in there and, and vote and retweet, we give you a shout out. So definitely follow us on Twitter at Quit the Build. And this week's question was of I I am surprised. So the question was, out of all of the new games, not existing games with extra DLC or roadmaps, but new games, the AAA new games that are being announced during Square Enix Presents, which one are you most hyped about? Balan Wonderland. Outriders, (laughs) Life is Strange, Forspoken, and Balan Wonderland. And when I first put that poll up, I remember sending you a screenshot because like 10 votes were in and nobody had voted for Balan Wonderland. (laughs) And now it's the number two option. So we had over 20 votes. It was our most most responded to poll so far. So thanks, everybody. So 38% said Outriders, which is not a surprise. Um, Life is Strange and Forspoken were split with 19%. I thought more people would say Forspoken, but I guess a new IP, like I've been saying, the verdict is still out on how this thing is going going to play out yeah but coming in second place is balan friggin wonderland <laughs> at 23.8 percent and i mean the, the comments were interesting people saying things about how you know it's it's more about you know what their what their kids are into um and and like one said hey, my kid loves life is strange so i gotta vote for that um so there's there's different reasons why you might vote for one thing over the other on this but uh yeah you know people are looking forward to this game in some capacity and we did see a, a, a preview for like the co-op trailer for this game and I, I think I've talked about this too much now where there's not a whole lot else to add on. Anywhere that I've gone that people have provided feedback on the demo that they played, they gave the exact same thing I was saying where it's there's just not enough depth to the gameplay. Now, I'll say this. I think I'm expecting too much. I think a lot of us are expecting too much. This has very much been marketed by by Square Enix as a kid's game. Um, you know, the people that uh, worked yeah. on uh, previous Sonic the Hedgehog games are in on this thing. Um, like you said, it has like a kind of a Nights into Dreams vibe. And I think it's it's more about the aesthetic of it and the visuals and that part of it than it is about being some deep and challenging platformer. So, hey, it very well may be successful enough, but for, for whatever reason, it keeps coming up on the show. <laughs> I hope I don't have I, to talk I, about I mean, it again. Uh, I mean, I just... <laughs> I just like that the animators made a stiff leg, you know, uh, Forrest Gump running character because that to me is just that's it's missing from modern day video games. What's missing from modern day video games is realism because (laughs) I I, I clearly need this in my life, which is a stiff leg running, you know, animation over a smooth wiggly noodle leg uh alternative we, we, so. yeah we've had those wiggly <laughs> physics games right like fall guys we need the exact opposite of that like quap <laughs> where it's like these super stiff uh super stiff limbs that you have to awkwardly maneuver i love it so also some other games that were we got more information about i'm, I'm not even going to give just cause mobile the time of day because it was not an in-game footage trailer it was just a cutscene. so we still know as about as much about that as we did the last time that we speculated it's just cause and it's on mobile that's what we know um, pro- yeah. yeah, Project uh, <laughs> Hitman Sniper Assassins. Again, mobile title somehow plays into the Hitman universe, but it's going to be more sniper focused. I like a good sniper game. It's it's one that I, I've been like games like Sniper Elite and like Siphon Filter. So what, what was that? A uh, sniper was uh, Sniper Elite wasn't the one from from the arcade. Do you remember that arcade that was Siphon Filter game that you Siphon yeah. Filter? Yes, was it? 
Is that the one where you would like look into the gun with the scope and it had an LCD screen in the scope that you could see a uh, like a, an enlarged magnified version of whatever you're looking at? Do you remember yeah. what I'm talking about? Is yeah, that, that was that was filter? siphon filter. Yeah. <sighs> one of my favorite that and time crisis. Those yes. two games like I loved those games. So I can definitely see. And I think that's where mobile needs to come in. Mobile needs to say we're not going to try and provide the same experience of a console game. It's just not going to mm-hmm. work. Like it's not going to feel the same unless you've got something like the Razer Kishi, like you and mm-hmm. I do, where we can have something to hook up to to our phone. We need something that's going to be simple, but the game mechanics are fun. And taking a note from arcade games and cabinets like Siphon Filter or Time Crisis is perfect. I would totally be on board um, with a Hitman Sniper's Assassin game if it were like that. For sure. You know, hopefully that we can get more of that type of thing in mobile games and less less Balan Wonderland. (laughs) I know that's that's a console game. I know, but we still don't we want know, it. We, I, we I don't, don't want, want it, but people want, our, our listeners want it, so I don't want to totally bash it. Like apparently they do. They they just want to prove us wrong yeah. and be like they want to vote for the underdog. <laughs> they know. They know. Um, but yeah, and uh, by the way, thanks for our retweets retweets on that poll. Um, game positive, uh, also caffeine withdrawal games, Pierce Unlimited, and Game Crunch for those retweets. We do appreciate that, and thanks to everybody who voted in the poll. Well, we'll be right back after this with more gaming news. <laughs> It is 11.03 a.m. And I hope that might be the time that I'm listening to this or you are because that's the time I decided to choose. Nick, what do we have going on in the gaming news? Apparently, there's some new Beatles and I'm not talking about the music group, right? We've got actual Beatles. We've got actual Beatles. Bruno, you know, I I previewed this on on our Twitter page and this is one of the weirder gaming stories or at least gaming related stories that I've heard. But it's not that uncommon. So the story is there are some new uh, beetles that were discovered by this guy in Australia. And I guess, you know, if you're the one that discovers it, you have some, you know, whatever the the beetle naming council is. Um, You have some say in getting to decide what the name of the like the (laughs) species of these of these insects is going to be. Beetle council. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Excuse me, beetle council. (laughs) (laughs) So the these three new species were discovered, and I guess the backstory is that the guy who discovered them is is a Pokemon fan. And I think we're hitting that point. We talked about how like millennials are getting into like the the marketing (laughs) chair. I guess they're also getting into the you know the bug discovering and and, it was. Etymology, whatever it's called. (laughs) And so he decided to actually name these beetles after the legendary bird Pokemon from Gen 1 of Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres. And it's like it's it's codified, like it's a done deal. Like that's what these beetles are called. Now they're wow. extremely rare beetles, and that was why he decided to be like, okay, well, since the those birds are rare. I'm gonna name you know these these beetles after it. And Bruno, I'm as a, as a Pokemon guy, I'm offended. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna <laughs> tell you why. Okay. These are why? bug type Pokemon. These are bug type Pokemon. And you couldn't come up with so. The, are there any legendary bug? Well, Pokemon, I'm sure though? late like like down the road, like new gen started to bring them out, right? But here's here's my beef. You can't you can't take a legendary bird that's a flying type or an electric type. And then try and say, oh, well, I'm going to I'm gonna make these bugs named after them. Someone needs to stop this man. You know, you should have named it like Weedle or Caterpie or something like that. But instead, or Ooh. Pinsir, that was a Beetle-type Pokemon, right? But also, my, yeah. my thing is, 
you know, the the bug type Pokemon. I don't know if you remember this when you when you're when you're playing through like red or blue. They were a, they were a trap because whenever you're going through Pokemon, <laughs> you would trap. get your starter. You go through the first route, right? And you're mm-hmm. gonna get like you're gonna get your Pidgey. You're gonna get your Rattata, and yeah. then you'll go through yeah. the first forest area. At which point you're gonna start mm-hmm. picking up these bugs, and you get Caterpie, you get uh, a yeah. Weedle, Bug Trainer Joey, of course, yeah. And these things evolve yeah. so quickly, you know that oh now I have a Kakuna, now I have a Metapod. That was always my favorite matchup: Kakuna versus Metapod. The Harden battle. I put a meme <laughs> of that one on. Uh, Harden, yeah. Harden versus yeah. Harden. Oh man, who's gonna it's win this? I very don't know. intense. So. <laughs> Intense. You know, everything that we learned in third grade science had led us to that moment because we're like, oh, they're going to evolve again, right? They're in a chrysalis state. They're going to evolve into their their final forms. And, of course, they do very early. The bug-type Pokemon, uh, both Metapod and Kakuna, evolve very early and become, what, Beedrill and um, also Butterfree, Butterfree, right? So the thing is, like, those are cool Pokemon, but they're basically yeah. useless. Like, when you get into later levels— <laughs> and. That's why Ash lets exactly. Him go. <laughs> Ash is like Butterfree. It's still the one of the most saddest moments in Pokemon yeah. history. But you're like, what did he even do? Yeah. Like, he doesn't really need the only thing he used Butterfree for was like the stun spore, like right. those Sleep types powder. of things that he could have easily, right. yeah. <laughs> Sleep powder. And so, like, I, I just find that ironic. I'm not, I'm not trying to like overly like, like, like crucify this guy for you know, not not being geeky enough. Uh, obviously, he is, but it's like you know, it, and the thing about bug type Pokemon is they are weak against everything. And there's a reason why when people do like these Nuzlocke things, where it's like this this type of Pokemon run um, that people will do on Twitch, where there's certain rules and like you know, if a Pokemon faints, it's gone, and and there's random Pokemon that spawn. Yeah. It's really interesting. But bug types, like you generally want to avoid because they are weak to so many things and their stats usually aren't that good so a, a bug type is weak against steel flying poison yeah. ghost yep. fighting fire and fairy and every legendary bird is flying so you already have an advantage against one of these bugs so all i'm saying is if we're gonna look guys and this is the, this is a, a bigger message to all of you out there because we're we're coming of age now we've got some influence in the world listen up don't be naming these these Pokemon animals after Pokemon, it's not it's 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 not going to work out because look at look at what this guy it's has done now happen. is you know now now twenty years down the road there's going to be some nature documentary on BBC where someone's like and now we observe the the Articuno in its natural habitat and it's a beetle the Bin Burum Burum yeah the, yeah the Bin Burum Bin Burum and see I I'm I'm already know I'm I already know the answer to this but I'm going to be disappointed I'm assuming that none of the different Zapdos Moltres or Articuno uh like surnames in those actually have anything to do with a particular like it's not like a arctic beetle no. and an electric beetle or yeah. anything they're just normal they're beetles. like the same they're oh, all the man. see that's just disappointing yeah, they're all in the bin burham genus which is getting very geeky for our, our but we'll we'll go there it's a it's a it's a, a, a genus of beetle um and these are three different like you know like whatever is right below was a kingdom phylum class order family genus species right so species is 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 what he's naming and they're just like three like color variants of the same beetle and none of them match, like, oh, the blue one is Articuno, or, like, the yellow one is, like, just, like, different shades of, like, puce. <laughs> <laughs> of, like, oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to rant about this too much, but I, you see what I'm saying, right? Like, we can't be going out there and having every single new creature that we discover be, you know, the next Pikachu or Rattata or, or whatever. 
Like, oh, oh it's a, it's Can't a, it's it. a Mr. Mime. Like, what are you doing? This is, this is, this is history now, people. This is in science. Little Timmy's going to have to learn about this. And he's going to question everything that he's learned up until this <laughs> point. Because, you know, as good parents, we're going to teach him about yeah. Pokemon before we teach him about real animals. <laughs> like, even your son chose his starter he Pokemon. Did. The minute he could, like, move around, yeah. you were like, get this kid in front of the Pokemon and let him choose. And which did he, he choose? He went with the Squirtle. So, yeah, so what we did was... And I've seen people wow. do this on YouTube. Smart move, smart move for especially because he's gonna have to go up against Brock at his yeah. first with his first thing. So very smart yeah. move. I mean, Bulbasaur is the meta because you have a, an advantage against the first two gems, right? The rather rock and the water. But yeah. I, I'll accept that, right? Um, but uh, so yeah, yeah, the 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 thing that people are doing on YouTube, and I, I saw it like a half to try, is as soon as their kid's able to crawl, they put the three starter Pokemon right in front of them with like a sheet over it. And then, you know, far away enough that the kid has to crawl, right? And then, like, Professor Oak style, be yeah. like, you know, oh, select your, your your Pokemon. And so we did it. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like looking around, like, oh my gosh, like, he hasn't seen these before. And he's like, he's mulling <laughs> over it. And like, he walks, like, he's crawling up and like, he, he ignores Charmander. Charmander was dead to him. And it was like between Bulbasaur and Squirtle. And <laughs> we were, it was tense. We're like, there's a right answer here, kid. And he, uh, he went for the Squirtle. So we're, he's still my son. Right he's still my son. Here. <laughs> so i always went so is that what you would so what was your go-to starter because mine was mine was charmander because i knew the payoff yeah. i knew and it was literally like going from like like you said like easy medium yeah. or hard and i just like charmander's look and i was like let's go bro and it those first two were those first two gyms were brutal for Charmander. Very you brutal basically for him. couldn't so use them. Yeah, you definitely had to. Yeah, yeah, you pretty much. Yeah, you really. Like couldn't. your only <laughs> option was basically to get a the fishing pole and then go fish up like a Goldeen or whatever, and then use that to 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 wipe the floor <laughs> with Goldine. his his Geo dude right in his Onyx, but splash. Well, no, yeah, <laughs> splash does no damage effect. now in Pokemon. I think it does like a little bit of damage, but back then it was one hundred percent useless. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny stuff. But yeah, so hey, let's jump right into our bonus round segment where we talk with the guys from the What's Your Spaghetti Policy podcast. And welcome to the bonus round where we are interviewing all sorts of content creators, gaming and really beyond. And this is our first podcast interview with someone that's kind of more of what I would call a, a potluck style uh, show, Bruno, where it's more about just anything goes, whatever comes up. And m many times it is gaming related, but these guys know a lot about a lot. And it is Alex and Jacob from the What's Your Spaghetti Policy podcast. Guys, how are you doing? Doing pretty wonderful. I can't complain. Well, that's, at that's, all. that's all we need to know. Thanks for coming by. <laughs> okay. Uh, see y'all later. Interview. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Super swell. Super swell. Like, okay. We're like, good. They're yeah. good. Potluck. Let's do it. <laughs> there you go. We're ready for food. Click some links and uh, let's let's call it a day. So yeah. So you know, what's your spaghetti policy podcast? You know, when we were kind of early on in, in the podcast game, we were just looking for just just podcasts for inspiration, and we stumbled onto yours. And I was, I was, I, so I told you this in DMs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so Heck sorry. of a way to break ourselves in. And it's like my go-to for just bants, you know, just, just people talking about whatever. Cause a lot of people do that, but many don't, they, they haven't honed their craft yet. And I think you guys have got it down to a science. Now, of course, for those of you that aren't uh, sunny people and I, I pity you, Bruno, 
So, um, so we're, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get um, there. it is. Uh, what's your spaghetti? What's your spaghetti policy? Obviously, is an always sunny in Philadelphia reference. Where did you guys? Yeah, where did you guys have the inspiration to name your podcast after that? So, the long and short is. We were just trying to come up with a name that wasn't just like the, you know, the Alex and Jacob show. And so we wanted a, a way to stand out. And I'm a huge Always Sunny fan. It's like my my like TV Bible, basically. And uh, I don't know what that says about me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just like was trying to think of like something that we could use as a sunny reference and not get sued. So it's and it was just, enough. It was enough words, and it was like, "Hey, that sounds pretty funny," and people will be like, "Hey, where does that come from?" And then we can explain yeah. to them. And if this you whole did story. know where it comes from, then you can like, "Oh, well, I can get a vibe of what the show is." But also, very early on, on the inside, very early on, we had to let people know that like this is not an always sunny podcast, like and or a food podcast, yeah, or I, a I spaghetti like, podcast. Yeah, there was a lot of questions like, <laughs> "Oh, is this going to be about spaghetti the entire time?" Um, how you cook it and whatnot. But no, it turns out it was just uh it was just us. It was the guys yeah. talking. We're in episode five of how yeah. to cook spaghetti, and <laughs> today we're talking about how to remove spaghetti from the package without breaking it. Oh, which yeah. is tougher wow. than you think, honestly. You know, <laughs> right? Really? Yeah. But yeah, so you know, it, it's and yeah, Sunny is my go-to um, when it. You know, I, I used to binge watch Office a lot of it, just like my like falling asleep show. Oh, yeah. Because Lord knows I've seen Sunny from top to bottom so many times now that like I can't. Oh yeah. I, I'm not going to get anything out of it, but I still I still will go back. <laughs> it still makes me um, laugh time and time again. Oh, it's still great. And yeah, half half the gifts you guys reply with on Twitter are all pretty much uh, are all Sunny we, related. We play up yeah. the always Sunny references, and we also <laughs> play up like spaghetti. Like someone will send us an article that says something about spaghetti in it and like we will quote tweet it even though we have nothing to do with anything that the story's about <laughs> but we play up the spaghetti stuff so you're the spaghetti that's guys right. that's it have you ever have you ever been contacted by like the uh that, that church of like the pastafarians no. oh my gosh this is a thing there's a church yeah i know i'm upset yeah, that we have it now they have a um like a, a, a spaghetti monster that almost looks like your your mascot there on your page oh, and oh they gosh. will end prayers with ramen Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not making this oh, up. We, so, okay, well, we absolutely have to oh, talk man, that about is a this thing. on the next. If next you get episode. big enough, I think I know where your sponsorship deal is going to be. Oh my God. It's either going to be from them or from Barilla. Or I'm yeah. okay like, with or, it. Or, flying <laughs> spaghetti monster. Sign me up. I'm I okay with spaghettios. There you go, <laughs> Chef Boy. Are you crazy for not giving us a sponsorship? <laughs> right. <laughs> We got spaghetti in the name. <laughs> yeah. So here is the Pastafarian prayer. It's thy noodle come, thy sauce be yum, on top some grated Parmesan. Give us this day our garlic bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trample on our lawns. And lead us not into vegetarianism, but deliver us some pizza. For thine is the meatball, the onion, and the bay leaves forever and ever. Oh, that is awesome. Ramen. That is yeah. ramen. Okay, Amen. well, I'm converted. Sign me up. Uh, <laughs> listen, listen. I don't care how many people are upset about this. Yeah. Where's the Patreon? Yeah. Oh I'm gosh. upset that we've done 89 episodes and this is the first time we've ever heard of it. Nobody is. I'm so upset. At our, it's just, yeah. I have to go think about my life. <laughs> okay. Uh, Reassess everything. The spaghetti. Have you seen the spaghetti monster too? It's just like, it, okay. Anyways, yeah. I don't mean to draw on this, but oh, oh no, cow. it's, it's something like, yeah, he's been in parades. Um, it's, uh, it, yeah, he's it's been good, in good luck with that rabbit hole. What you parade might not come has back. he been in? All of them. Was he in like the Macy's in... Day Parade? And now oh, coming down, amazing. wow, we've got a real treat for the kids today. <laughs> it's see. the giant spaghetti monster. Woo! He's a flying spaghetti monster. I tell you what, oh, we sorry, make it, flying we, spaghetti monster. we make it big and I'm putting that spaghetti monster into the Macy's Parade for sure. hundred yeah. percent. Oh yeah. Whatever the cost. <laughs> 
I don't care. It'll, be quit the build. <laughs> it'll it'll blow our entire budget, but we're getting that spaghetti monster out there and we're getting we're getting the news spread about uh, pastafarians. So I love it. We're doing it. All right. So I have to ask you guys because you know gaming news does come up fairly often yeah. on the podcast, just in different ways and, and forms. And I know you guys are, are gamers yourself. So tell me, like, what was the for you? What's been the craziest gaming story of like the last year? Honestly, for me, you touched on it a couple episodes ago, but the Bethesda acquisition by Microsoft, because mm, yeah. I am primarily yeah. a PlayStation player. I I mean I own an Xbox, but I have it basically made me reassessed on what I was going to have to play. So I basically built a PC instead of buying an Xbox out of spite. Yeah. There you go. And well, I, won't, I, mean... <laughs> I won't lie. That was kind of my justification for like being like, yeah, bro, you should build a PC instead of, and I, I know that it's like kind of an absurd thing because it does cost quite a bit more to build a PC. Yes. Depending on like, if you want the quality that is, and, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know why it upset me so much, but I was like, yeah, I'm not, I would, I will never purchase an Xbox from here on out. I'm doing it. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> Uh, they bought my favorite <laughs> franchise, and I'm not doing Elder it. I'm Scrolls. not buying. Uh, I'll play it on PC a hundred times over. So <laughs> I'm not gonna play it on the Microsoft console, but Microsoft <laughs> PC, you got. Yeah, okay. Right. It's been brought up. It's been brought up several times that I'm still paying Microsoft, but I don't care. It's a it's a it's a principle thing. Okay, actually, yeah. it's a principle. You're not playing. Your, your Windows is free. Yeah, I haven't paid Microsoft a dime. <laughs> don't tell them that though, because I don't want them to take it from me. So it's just a watermark. It's yeah. all good. It's just yeah. a watermark. Um, and it is it is wild, you know, and I think you're right. I've, I've heard a lot of people talking about how the the acquisition of Bethesda or just the number of Xbox games that are also available on PC, especially when you factor in the Game Pass, that now they're not buying an Xbox as a response to what's happening. They're just building a better PC. Yeah. It seems to be a, a, a pretty common theme. So hey, listen, I, if you, if you can't beat off. them, just buy everybody. That's what Microsoft did, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's you're not kidding. And on today's episode, um, which we would have talked about a little bit earlier, you know, Sony's going after some stuff now too. They just bought out yeah. Evo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they oh, fighting man. fighting game. I've always preferred and... Sony, like a, a PlayStation for fighting games, as a Mortal Kombat player myself, because I feel like the sticks are better than they are on an Xbox. And I would I would agree that the sticks are for uh, Xbox controllers are more made for shooters. like first person shooters. Yeah. So and, and not only that, I feel like PlayStation has always done a great job of giving fighting games a peripheral. I'm not even able to say that right. A peripheral of their own yeah. to be able to like play like, you know, they they have those like big pads now that oh, you yeah. like the, the arcade. Yeah, the arcade mm -hmm. fight sticks and stuff. So. That's so cool to be able to add that to like a fighting game. It changes the whole experience of a game. And you're right. I think there's been a clear there's, you know, PlayStation and Xbox have clearly gone down separate paths of like, we're kind of leaning into this and and this style of gameplay. And you can see that with the titles that they get for exclusives. Oh, yeah. And Xbox was like, well, maybe we just need to add a few more on there. How can we do that? <laughs> just buy everything. Let's buy everybody up. Cash is king. <laughs> there was, um, I don't know if you guys remember it, but like back in the summer last year, uh, Warner Brothers had, or AT&T had talked about selling all of their gaming division which includes nether realm studios and right. rocksteady and warner brothers montreal and mm. and all of those and people know that I'm, I'm a playstation guy so people were like dude what are you gonna do if nether realm is an x if mortal kombat is an xbox exclusive i was like i'd, I'd probably cry because like i would have no choice <laughs> because the pc ports of mortal kombat have not been great 
more or less most of the like even remember Bat- Arkham Knight had a terrible PC port. So it's like all those Warner Brothers mm-hmm. games don't get great PC ports. So like I would have to buy an Xbox just to play Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Well, now you've got the PC, yeah. and with Bluetooth, uh, with Bluetooth controllers, now you can really play how you want. So, if you want to play on your PlayStation controller, you can. Yep. I think something like that is is definitely a game changer for for anyone to be able to play what you want, how you want, and the way you want to play it is really giving power to the players, not just you know saying we're going to give power to the players like what what is that what GameStop? but not really as a former yeah. uh gamestop employee I, I got a little shiver there <laughs> it's wild how many people we meet that are former gamestop employees like we've all done our time yeah like, it's just like it's just like a, a rite of passage for like a lot of people it's just like uh, i guess i'll go work at gamestop for a holiday let's go be take miserable my application <laughs> they didn't take your <laughs> no. glad man yeah oh he was too busy working at Burger King. Hey, Burger King was good. It was fine. <laughs> he said sobbing. <laughs> I was like, holding I got, back tears over here. I always wanted to do retail, but I always got stuck in fast food because I was just too good at cooking. It's what it was. So, And go. I made the same move. As I, I hopped from a Chick-fil-A to a GameStop. And oh, man. our GameStop, before it closed, had the record for the most used game trade-ins of any GameStop location. People would come in like like 10 minutes before closing with garbage bags full of like DVDs Jeez, for like 10 the, cents each. That they probably have stole. To, that they probably stole. And they would get like you know, $20, $20 <laughs> in store credit after like an hour's right. worth of bringing this stuff up. And it's like, you know, after the fifth fifth copy of Predator, it's like, like I don't I don't understand how you got these. And at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. You probably Also, also ask, they could honestly. buy Call of Duty World at War again. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> Need that second copy. Oh just my the gosh. fact, just the amount of spite that you have to have to have like, you know, eighty some games to trade in five minutes before, and then the fact that just that entire exchange of you bringing in eighty games to exchange for a nickel apiece, and then the GameStop employee having to check every single one of those, and then at the very end, <laughs> gladly ringing up and being like, "That'll be five dollars and thirty seven cents. Would you like store credit, or would yeah. you like that?" cash but if you add on a game informer <laughs> subscription we'll give you 50 cents more for that yeah yeah and you'll, I, you'll it, us, man. I don't know, Boy, I don't know. game informer oh man <laughs> that was that was the thing so i i have to go into this massive coincidence because i know that one of you messaged me a couple days ago i didn't see this episode but we have both talked about the exploding whale yes, at, at is, different points it's, it's an insane story yes. it really i don't know who who green lighted the entire thing but it's just crazy who, Oregonians. Who, That's who. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, like being being from being from Knoxville, I can totally see like how you get there mentally and being like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, definitely want to blow something up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's. We got this whale yeah. just laying around here. Let's. Uh, my, I've got fifty tons of TNT because what else do you have in Oregon? Yeah. Okay. I've got a camera. <laughs> hey, we haven't gone anywhere. We're still here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's blow this thing up. Let's do it. I'm just I'm speechless that the, like the, everything came together to make that happen. But then someone was like, and you know what? We should probably record the explosion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that they I'm did. I'm so honestly. glad they did. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, think about explaining that to people. It's way back there. Yeah, the, the, the footage yeah. is is very oh, old. Gosh. But I, I just, just I never it never gets old thinking about just like the, trying to imagine the meeting where like they're going off the checklist of like the, the possible things you can do to get this whale just gone. 
I want to see like the hundred year anniversary where another whale washes up on shore and they greenlight the idea to blow that. <laughs> it one becomes up. a, That's a tradition. Be like it's yeah, every hundred years, a, the centennial blowing of a blow, blowing of a whale, blowing up a whale, <laughs> rather probably should say. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they run the news story here. Like every year is a reminder. It's like it's like it's it's like a more it's like a, a much less somber nine eleven tribute of of a memorial. <laughs> To remember the whale, and that's what we never forget. Hashtag start to flood in in this area, and we really do. And and I so I, I sent the little clip on there, and we're, we're going to put this on the website because we've talked about this twice now. So yes. we have to put this on quitthebuild.com. But this 1970s K A T U, it's a K two classic, and I'm telling you, they did. They just had full on like mini tanks out there <laughs> guiding the the TNT back and. You first of all, you oh got to realize gosh. that Oregon, like Oregon beaches, are very, very huge. There's not a lot, a lot of people on the beach. It's not like the East Coast where if you go to the beach, like everybody's just chilling because it's it's cold out here. So I mean, there's like little kids in the background of this video just chilling. I can't imagine little Timmy's day that. and like you know because we we as like millennials we remember like 9-11 and where we were like i remember distinctly where i was and what happened that day and little timmy's gonna have this same story gather around children <laughs> i'm gonna tell you the tale of the yeah. time i got a black eye from whale blubber <laughs> <laughs> and it rained blubber for, for <laughs> the stench stored in it has to have been like bad smelling for months to maybe a year or two just with That's how much well blubber out. and everything do you think yeah. that they packed it inside of it or do you think they packed it around it because i think the problem might have came from that they just shoved it all down the well's throat and blew it up i think it was versus like it, right? i can't I like imagine around it. the logistics of shoving tnt inside of a dead whale which i would not well, want to be that man have you seen the boys? I'm assuming you just you hit it with a boat and shove all the TNT in the boat. It'll probably work the same way, like it did in the that. that uh, I've not the seen that, but I want to. It's almost like the, it's, it's almost like the Armageddon like dilemma. Like, okay, we can't we can't just place the nuke on top of the asteroid yeah, because it's, it's be, just gonna. We, yeah. So we've got to drill deep down inside of the yeah. whale and make sure that we're 150 meters deep inside its stomach, <laughs> and then we can yeah. light the dynamite off. And if we do, we'll save the world <laughs> and. Oregon and in, in the process. <laughs> yeah, so, how, so, how would you have handled it in 1970? Yeah, Bruno, what's your game Sushi, plan? Sushi, obviously. I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> but I think it it was rotting already, right? Yeah, I think it had been on the beach for a little while. If it, I'm not mistaken. By the time it had been on the beach, by yeah. the time they decided to blow it up. Because they yeah. thought, well, maybe oh, okay. the shore will come in and we can get it. And they tried to move it, but it's almost <laughs> like that scene in Family Guy where he takes the forklift and oh, he's yeah. like trying to get the and it really does the well, the whale was alive <laughs> in Family Guy. It was very much dead here. Yeah. But I mean, obviously I, the first minute that would have, you know, I would have started selling tickets. You know, I'd have put up some tape around there and you know, I mean, w there's a lot of things you can make from from whale. It's like pretty sure like perfumes and soaps and stuff. So, I mean, we're opening up an apothecary right down the beach and just calling it <laughs> Whale's Apothecary, like Shit's yeah. Creek style. <laughs> Have either one of you played Dishonored? No, no, but it's it's on the to do list now that it's on Game Pass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So 
whales play a big part of that. They are a resource. Oh, okay. Because it's all it's all steampunk, right? Right. Yeah. So they use a lot of whale oil and whale bones. As far as I won't. If you haven't played it yet, so I'll let you experience it all. But it's, Got it. I can't recommend it enough. Okay. So very important question. You know, because Bruno has never seen an entire episode of Always Sunny. He's only oh, seen man. clips. So what are yep. the three episodes that oh, are quintessential for him to start so that he gets hooked? <sighs> I was going to listen to preface is I was going to watch like always sunny all day today and like prep, but I was like, no, I'm going to leave it to the experts. So I'm looking for your expert opinion here. The, the, the ultimate episode is obviously the nightman cometh. And that is a, uh, play where it's Charlie writes this whole thing about the nightman and the day man. And like, it is a, like the song will get stuck in your head and you won't be able to not sing it. The some of my personal favorites are not ones that are like highly regarded. Like I love the one where Danny DeVito is Ongo Gablogi and he is a <laughs> he is an art he's an art an an art director, an art connoisseur. And so being it whenever you can see yeah. as this as the seasons go, Danny DeVito like devolves into such a like a mess of a human being. Yeah. And it's weird because there are a lot of things that Frank Reynolds, Danny DeVito does in the show that reminds me of my dad. <laughs> so <I'm> sorry. <laughs> does he have a toe knife? <laughs> no, but he's got the same kind of haircut. Nice. Um, <laughs> after some of the newer seasons are kind of like hit or miss. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of crazy stuff that they were doing in like 2000 and like eight is like very relevant to like now. Like mm-hmm. they did a whole, th- they did a whole, th- like they don't swing either way, like politically, they just make fun of everybody. And so they, yeah, so that, that helps yes. too, that like, it's, oh man, to, to narrow it down to just three episodes is like extremely hard to do. <laughs> I got one. I got one. Uh, it's the episode. Um, it's, it's one of my favorites just because I, it, it's, it's like a point where the show goes from like being hilarious to like very artistic. And it's the episode where Mac finally like. It, yeah, it's a great episode. He finally come. Uh, he quote unquote finally comes out to his father through like interpretive dance at the very end of the episode. It's just a beautiful episode altogether. But uh, I can't remember what yeah. I got to look it up. What episode it was? The but. episode where um, they're th- trying to throw Charlie a birthday party, and then they're like trying to do all these things and take him around. And that's where the you know he brings a bag of he's eating spaghetti and he has a bag of spaghetti. And then D. Yeah, is try. She takes him to a spa, and he's like, "Are we having a spa day?" And like, it sounds like <laughs> you're trying to say spaghetti. And then he walks into an actual spa with spaghetti in a Ziploc bag, eating it with a fork. And he's like, "So, what's your spaghetti policy here?" Yeah, you know, yeah, I've and that's seen where that it comes from. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Well, they go, they go yeah. to the movie theater first, where like he tries to go in with the spaghetti, yeah. and they're like, "Sir, you can't bring that in here." And he's in, like, <laughs> he still gets so it in, but he's bring- just like, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's a dang shame. I don't know what this what America's coming to if we can't bring spaghetti in the movie theaters anymore. I don't know about you, but I line my pocket with uh Taco Bell and some tater tots in there. And yes. you know, first of all, so I worked at a movie theater. I didn't work, you know, I didn't work at GameStop, but it did work in a movie theater. And people would com- come in and complain all the time about four dollar Skittles. And we had there was a Martin's right across the street right over there right over they're there they're not gonna they're not gonna pat you down they're no no i mean I'm, that's what i'm saying well, uh, that's i was always afraid that they were gonna pat me down <laughs> gonna get i was always for afraid skittles. for skittles you can, i can hide skittles in my butt crack 
Okay, I don't need. <laughs> well, I'm not smuggling in a, a, a sixty inch yeah. TV here. You know, I'm bringing in Skittles. Like, <laughs> I mean, well, they always made it seem like you were going to get arrested on the spot if you were to bring in extra candies or something like that. And so, like, you know, it's always like you put it in your mom's purse or something like that. Well, my mom never went to the movies, and so if I came in carrying a purse, I was going to be looked at differently, oh, and searched, uh, and, and pulled aside. Well, and today and I was always totally worried about get away it. You know? coming in with the purse, and then you could just pull the Bobby Hill and say that's well, my 100%, purse. I don't yeah. know you. <laughs> <Not> you. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, listen. Uh, you know, this is this has been fun, and to our listeners, you know, what you just heard is a small sampling of just the crazy anything goes style that you get yeah. on the What's Your Spaghetti Policy podcast. It's a highly recommended listen if you want to just have a good time. And uh, yeah, so guys, uh, you can if you would like to check out more from this podcast, look in the links in the description, and you can get to their their podcast and uh, their Twitter handle and their socials as well. Guys, so great to have you on the show. We are big fans, and uh, we can't wait to, wait to hear more from you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, honestly. And we're back. And Bruno, you know, these guys are are something else. Like we said in the interview, I love I love banter. And I think in in today's yeah. era of of people moving away from that classic morning radio show and, and this 24-hour world that we yeah. live in now, where you don't always have the ability to get in there, that was always the best part. You know, we have uh, things like uh, Elliot in the morning um, in this area where, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that kind of that that off the cuff banter that you get with that kind of show that you don't get in too many places. But with people that are good at True. it, that's the tough thing. And yeah. I think with these guys, they've definitely mastered that art of kind of like what we have of the street guy and the color commentary, but the absolute wild <laughs> card of Jacob and just the crazy stuff that he comes yeah. up with. Yeah, no, I really liked the uh, I really liked the interview and I liked the uh, I liked the whole setup of just having some random name that you're that associates with something that you're into, but doesn't really guide the entire you know, podcasts per se. And I think the fact that they kind of lean into those, like those stereotypes of spaghetti and <laughs> Italian food just ends up being hilarious. Yeah. Like, especially if you're just retweeting something just because it's got spaghetti in it. Yeah. And you're like, Oh yeah. Hey, look, we talk about spaghetti. I'm too. pretty <laughs> sure within a few weeks, I'm going to hear of these guys converting to pastafarianism. I think I might've set them on the wrong path. <laughs> Or the right path, depending on your interpretation, because that sounds like a delicious religion. <laughs> right. And now I've got a whole new slew of of episodes to watch, and I'm glad that I got some expert opinions out there with that. So that is going to be important moving forward for me to learn more about It's Always Sunny, because you've been talking about oh, it. Everyone yeah. talks about it. And with being the longest running show sitcom um, I mean, it's something they got to be doing something right, or somebody's got to be yeah. uh, pulling the money strings right. Most people will agree with me that that are fans of the show that it's it's the Seinfeld of our generation. A lot more irreverent, but it's the Seinfeld of our generation. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to about do it for today's podcast. Again, make sure to stop by our website, quitthebill.com, where you get access to our blog, our podcast, uh, learn more about us and the rest of the QTB crew. Of course, on our community page, you can check out our merch, all the cool t shirts we have available, and our Patreon page that will give you access to exclusive episodes uh, in addition to all that sweet merch from the Pierce Unlimited Pop Art Vault. Make sure be sure to check that out. And uh, that's oh, yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, and then this month's prize pack is very cool. All gaming theme that uh, that uh, TMNT pin is uh, something I, I definitely want. Yeah, buddy. 
I mean, we have just, we're so overwhelmed with the amount of support that we've gotten from you guys. And we really do just want to give back in some way. And so that's what these, these, uh, prize packages are that we give away. Uh, we're super grateful for Pierce Unlimited to, uh, sponsor that. And listen, guys, be sure to check us out wherever, uh, wherever you're at on socials. We've got a YouTube page with funny clips. We've got polls on Twitter, Facebook with gaming news, Instagram with a little bit of everything. Everything. And then, of course, we've got a Discord where you can join that and talk with like-minded folks. Uh, it has been a just a wonderful episode, Nick. I always do enjoy it, especially getting to learn more about those awesome uh, podcasts out there that are just in the same space as us doing doing the thing. And I really do, do uh, doing doing the thing, and I do appreciate it. So for Nick, I'm Bruno, and for Bruno, I'm Nick. Peace out. What it do.